Hello, welcome from the Rookery End. Uh, it is uh, what well, the end of the year, Michael, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm He's a- left of the 2015 calendar year. Yeah, and what, what a year it's been. We were talking after the Tottenham game, so it's ended on a slightly sour note, but walking away from the ground, it's impossible not to... The spring and the step return pretty quickly, I think, walking away from Vickery's Road this evening. So, uh, all in all, what a fantastic year it's been. Amazing. That's a big change for Mike, isn't it, Jason? The fact that he's, uh, he's quite qu- quite quickly recovered from uh, from such a game. I know, he's, he's feeling quite optimistic for a change. Well, I'd, <laughs> even I was sort of losing my voice shouting at the referee during a <laughs> game, and that's, that says something. Um... But I think and I'm hoping why Mike is so positive is because the uh, the reaction of the fans obviously was to get behind the team, and we applauded the team off still despite losing. Um, we're still behind the team. The team could see that, and we can go on to the next game as proud Watford fans. Geordie, yeah. this is actually I'm going to give you all, all this question. 2015, um, where does it sit for you as a Watford fan? Of all the years you've been a Watford fan, actually, when was your first game? 6th of October 1984 long time ago uh, where does this sit the best is it is in all the years of Sport Watford where does this one sit for you it's probably got to be at the top of the top of the pile I think the first few years of me sporting Watford having started in 84 I assumed in my childhood innocence <laughs> that it would be forever thus and then the 1990s came and then you know they were a bit we can wipe them out apart in the 1999 maybe was a good good end to the season um, could enter the millennium. Um, then going up with Boothroyd was good fun because it's kind of you know we were up against the odds. That was fun. But I think for 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 everything, I think this has got to be the best year. It's not just us. It's not Little Old Watford proving everyone wrong. It's actually refusing to be Little Old Watford, as we've said in previous podcasts. It's we're planning for the future. We've got the infrastructure in place. We're not here fleetingly. We're here to stay, hopefully. Uh, and so I think I think just for everything around it, this has probably got to be the best year so far. Mike. For you, same for you. Different year, maybe. Could could anything beat this year? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we're in the now, and the now is always more exciting than than the future or the past, isn't it? It's because it is it's what's happening now, and it's impossible not to get excited by it. I still have this sort of amazing fondness for when I start first started watching Watford. It was towards you know eighty six, eighty seven, so towards the tail end of all the magic. But I still remember how special this place felt then. Uh, so I'm I'm not don't want to be too hasty in saying that this has been the best year ever. But that said, I'm starting to get those little tingles now that I got then as well. I looked at my brother after the after the Liverpool game, and and I said, "What, Andy? What are we seeing here? You know, what is this? What's happening? Is it is it as special as we think it is?" And it kind of feels like it is again. It's got all the hallmarks of of something extraordinary, just sort of building and building. And it, bright in a way, we've had this year. That happened in 2015. It always already feels feels like a millennium ago. But how good was that? But since that, we've had this slow burn of this incredible Premier League system uh, season where, as Geordie said, we've, we've announced ourselves, we're not little old Watford anymore. Um, it's, it's kind of happening too quick almost, do you know what I mean? I just want to, and it's good to have this question to sort of stop and try and enjoy it a little bit. Um, so uh, it's just amazing. Jason, you're the oldest out of us all. Um, and you uh, can remember that before, well, 84 for Geordie, I was 87, Mike was 86. Mike. You, before, you were earlier. So you would have technically been, I suppose, the, the one year that, that might have been seen as um, beating this year would have been yeah, anywhere between 1982 to 1984. Um, how, where does it sit for you this year? Yeah, again, I'm a bit like Geordie in that because you're growing up with that, you just think it's going to be like that all the time. So, I, yeah, I, 
I was there for the season. Uh, we first got promoted to the first division on the pitch, which was fantastic, and then finishing second uh, in the league, the cup final, Europe. Just yeah, just sort of. I remember going to the the Kaiserslautern leg uh, over here and beating them three 0 with our reserve team, and it and it all just seemed normal. Whereas this doesn't because we've sort of had everything in between because um, we are yeah we know uh, we're a small club compared to the some of the giants of the Premier League like we've been playing recently um, but now we're there there's no reason why we can't stay there and compete because you know, we know it, it's sad because it is a lot of it's about the money yeah but now we're there we've got that money and if players can see what we do why can't we attract the players that it takes to have a, a charge at a, a European spot. Why not? Why can't we be back in the early 80s again? I think it's important not to taint what we're experiencing at the moment with money. And we have to admit that we had a massive stroke of luck with the takeover. With no chance on earth we'd be sat here talking like we are now if it wasn't for the takeover. That was down to luck and we have to accept that. But what, what they've done is created something so special in our manager. We've got someone... Special. I think we had someone special in Slav as well who, who, who got the job done and he did it his own way and he did it the proper way with, with Watford. And I think we've got players who, who believe in Watford, they believe in the badge. Troy, Gomez, Craig Cathcart, you know, Iggy, they, they all believe in Watford. They're not here to just, to just for, the, for the ride, for, to be play Premier League football. They're now here to, to play for Watford and they're creating this amazing thing and it just it's like a massive I'm putting you know the ball in Indiana Jones that big boulder yeah, yeah. it's never going to stop rolling and that's what it feels like at the moment and the reason because of that isn't because of money it helps obviously yeah, so you need the money. but it's the whole thing the whole Watford is, is built properly at the moment and that's where the momentum comes from and that's why it's so magical things are going things are going so well uh, and we're going to have to uh, make a decision in this podcast who will be the winner of the Ballon Orn um, to see who is the best player in the last calendar year. So that's going to be tougher because everything is going so wonderfully. Uh, I'm going to look back at the last month, the last three games, the Liverpool, the Tottenham and the Chelsea games. Um, what we thought was going to be hell, maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't. Uh, as well as looking forward to the transfer window, uh, what might be coming up. Plus, we've got to pick those. all, all the moments we've, we've touched on a few. What are the defining moments, the best moments of Watford in 2015? A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. The last uh, from the rookery end was uh, live on the radio uh, and we were heading into uh, what we call the Nightmare 4 games. We were going to be playing Liverpool, followed by Chelsea, followed by Tottenham. It's like Lord of the Rings when you see Mordor off in the distance, isn't it? That's how I've seen these four games. Uh, Jason, you were very, very plucky uh, and said five points... And you're not far off so far. I'm not, and we were almost there today already with the game to spare. But, <laughs> but it didn't happen today. Let's go, let's go backwards in the games. We, we, we lost one, we drew one, and we won one. Um, let, let's go with today's day, game, Geordie. Um, fair result? Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to um, think before I speak even more so this time, so that I don't. Um, it's all right, mate. You won't get fined by the Premier League. Yeah, I know, it's all so right. It's not, well, I don't want it to become an, uh, uh, an X-rated podcast or something. It's sound like it's done in Morse code if John starts beeping out my swearing. No, uh, it wasn't fair. Um, I felt before the game that it was a little bit subdued, the atmosphere. Maybe because my media um, comparison was Liverpool, where it was kind of ridiculously exciting. Uh, and I think the first half we weren't great. Obviously, we got uh, Igalo got us back in the game. And the second half, you know, I, I, 
I, I tweeted five minutes before the uh, Aki went off that this guy was itching to send a Watford player off. And I think the officiating today, I spoke in the last podcast about we were getting a lot of the rub of the green and we've been a little bit lucky in some 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 areas with things that we maybe deserve with injuries. Maybe that's down to good uh, off the field medical practices. But today we didn't get any luck with the referee at all. Um, you know, we had a Ben Watson could have scored and it didn't go in just before they did. I'm hearing that their winner may have been offside. It was one of those games, you know, let's get all those decisions out. You know, maybe it was all the goodness we've had throughout the year. There was like a little bit of Yang left or a little, <laughs> a little bit of a counter. And we had to get it all out, you know, get all the, get all the, all the badness out in one game. So, again, you know, if we're, if we're walking off feeling angry and um, a little bit not cheated, maybe. Tottenham didn't cheat, but maybe we feel cheated uh, at that Tottenham, fa- Tottenham fans, even though they're where they are in the league and they're ahead of us and they won a game, I don't think they're going to be 100% uh, happy because we were, we kept going even down to 10 men. There wasn't a minute of that game where we weren't pushing forward and trying to get get a win. Yeah, I, I remember um, the Tottenham way of football and and Tottenham way of football being contrasted to the Watford way of football supposed, in the uh, supposed yeah, in the in the 80s. And I didn't see much evidence of it today. Um, you know, Pochettino is a, a very good manager. Tactically, they were very good, and which is why I think they held us. You know, they identified Capu as a pivot for us, and and they closed the midfield down very well in the first half. So tactically, they were very good. So as a football team, they were very good. As this kind of romantic notion of Tottenham, I don't think they really delivered. Um, and you know, if, if they are one of the better teams in the league, you know, the Man Uniteds and Chelsea are struggling this year. Tottenham are one of the better teams in the league at the moment, and to come away feeling a little bit disheartened that we've been done. 2-1 in the last minute to an offside goal shows how far we've come yeah, yeah, the, the, the feeling of um, we should have won that we could have won that was something alien almost to us as Watford fans in the last, last couple of years Jason the game before that though was against Chelsea now we uh, our first and last away games of uh, this calendar year were, were away at, at, at Chelsea um, firstly this game 2-2 that was that was doing alright I thought that was doing all right. Yes, Stamford Bridge has not been a happy hunting ground for us in recent years, um, and to and to get a, a point there, um, you got to be happy with that. You'd, you'd look at that game before, and look at the game to start of the season. Getting anything out of Chelsea, you'd, you'd take it. Um, at the start, we, we we sort of didn't get off to the best of starts. I don't think we seemed to give them a little bit too much respect at the start. And I was thinking, oh, this could be another Man United game. Um, but we seemed to weather the storm and then we started getting into the game and we sort of had one or two chances that almost surprised the players. You look at Igalo's chance, um, I can't remember his shot, was it Gerardo sort of hit one into the ground and he's onside and he's got time to take a touch and stick it in the onion bag. Um, but he sort of lashed out at it and put it wide. And uh, But then it seemed to give him a bit more belief and uh, it was against the run of play when we conceded and that was a bit disheartening and I sort of, as a fan, felt, oh, We've we've missed our chance now. With uh, you couldn't see us sort of getting back into it. Um, we kept plugging away. Maybe got a bit of luck with the uh, penalty. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Perhaps it was the face mark obstructing the view of if uh, uh, if you, you I forget who it was. It Matic. Yeah, Matic. Um, not a bit of luck that it wasn't a penalty because it obviously was a penalty. Like, it was absolutely a penalty, but there was no need for him to do what he did. Just protecting uh, you there, Jason. I don't want people coming at you, buddy. That's fine. That's fine. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Um, and all of a sudden, yeah, and I said, we're back in game one all, and then we're looking good. And uh, and it's a shame that their 
equaliser after again probably got a bit of luck with Iggy's goal with the deflection but I didn't think they looked like creating anything after we went 2-1 up and, and for a while you sort of thinking okay we might be able to hang on here but we sort of for them to score with their first sort of chance after we've gone ahead you just think ah, gone sort of, the game sort of gone backwards and forwards backwards and forwards then comes Barami <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I don't like other fans probably screaming. I think my words were, who was that and why the hell did they do that? <laughs> um, but comparing that game to the, to the game, the, the away game we went to um, in the FA Cup a which, year ago. Can I just remind you where yeah. I suggested that we would get automatic promotion and I was laughed down? <laughs> yeah, he did. He mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. He, he Actually, no, you didn't. I think your son did. Automatic. No, no, Mike. I'm sure Mike did. Mike, Mike did say automatic, and I went, "Oh no, Ipswich and Bournemouth have got too much on us." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, well done, Mike. Um, oh, did you put a bet on that? <laughs> it's no, no. It was it was a very different game, and that that team. Remember you, you saying uh, as we walked away from Stamford Bridge that time, Jason, um, we didn't have enough uh, strength in our team. There wasn't. Uh, there were, you know, I felt it was like men against boys. Have we did? Yeah, have we made that the changes that we we talked about back then? Do you think? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, there are areas of the team maybe where if we lost a player or two, we wouldn't be as good. But we've already seen this season players coming in to replace players. So Britos has come in to replace Prudel. Um, Olabas hasn't started well, so Ake's come in. Uh, You've got Watson coming in for Barami, and they've all done a fantastic job. Yeah, and and all to the point where you can't see them sort of losing that starting spot unless they got themselves injured or sent off. Yeah. So it was a very different team um, that did awfully well against Liverpool, Michael. You talked about being a magical feeling running through you uh, after that game. Um, how good was that game then? There's a lot of history with Liverpool, isn't there? I think this feels like to a lot of Watford fans who are around. The first time in the, in the 80s, there was a bit of unfinished business with Liverpool. We feel like we owe them one. And uh, I think there's a definite feeling that we've uh, we've clawed, clawed one back there. We absolutely steamrolled them from almost literally in the first minute with the uh, with the goal, with the uh, the mistake from Bogdan, which I still think was a perfectly reasonable goal, as long as Andy Gray's not listening. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we'd, everyone, Geordie alluded to it earlier, the crowd was, was absolutely jumping from, from minute one. The, the team are on it. Um, didn't let Liverpool settle. They looked increasingly poor as the game went on, uh, and that was entirely down to a, a superb performance from Watford all over the pitch. They, did, they literally didn't get a look in. Um, steamrolled, and on the I, I, I met up with a couple of Liverpool fans after the game, and they were checking the um, at the Anfield Wrap, which I think is another podcast, and um, they have a they have a website, and their their review, their report on the game was, oh, it's a terrible pitch. It's a dog of a stadium to get to it's all set up to make it really hard for good teams to play it's like what on earth are you lot talking about they're still living in the, these teams are living in the past they got absolutely dominated by Watford not just physically but, but but in every aspect of the game they kept the ball better they controlled possession better they were alright who said it Igalo was direct what because you can't get the ball off him that's why <laughs> Skirtle was, looked, like a, looked like a cub scout Um and they they were sent away with their tail between their legs. It was Watford just battered them, and it was it was a joy to behold. Can I can I just say as well while we're while we're talking predictions that at the AFC Wimbledon uh, game when John asked me which of the big teams we'd beat this year, I did say Liverpool as one each. 
parking. Oh, a Mystic Meg 1 and 2. Geordie? Can I just say, any, anybody who's got Christian Benteke up front calling Igalo direct <laughs> needs, needs, to go, needs to go sit in a corner for a little while just to calm down. But, but we, we are now, we're still, we're still, and we've been there for a good few weeks now, seventh place in the Premier League. Um, and, and we're at the end of this, this wonderful year. Do we end in seventh? Do we still in seventh? Yeah. We, we, we were, as I was walking out the ground, I checked, and we are still seventh. I think Liverpool and West Ham have got games in hand on us, or a game in hand, and can go above us. But as we speak, we are seventh. We are seventh. Oh, seventh in the league. So we are seventh in the league. <laughs> Um, but let, let's look back on the year that has been 2015. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Mike, what do you mean as your leg scabbed over? What happened? Uh, Igalo scored today, shock. <laughs> and I did something that we've all done it, but I haven't done it for a while. I went uh, absolutely uh, bananas. And yeah, scraped all the skin off the front of my shin. It's on, uh, on the seat. Yeah, really painful, but okay, well, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Okay, well, it came in a couple of days' time. I probably will do it again in a heartbeat next week against Manchester City. Right, so uh, here we are at the end of 2015. Uh, as we said before, we started the away game at Chelsea. Uh, we've ended with a uh, home game here against Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League. In the Premier League, let's yeah, add that. An, e- an equally unpleasant side. <laughs> so it's a nice book ended by a comp- player of complete. <laughs> yeah, but it's still in the Premier League. That's that's the big thing. If we're going to pick the the, you know, the, the defining moments in this in this 2015, what what moments made it for you? What were the 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 moments that changed Watford's seasons slash year? The purchase of the new from the Rookery End microphone. <laughs> well, we are in better quality since we've got that. But apart from that, let's think about things on the pitch, Mike, shall we? Jason, moment for you. Moment for me, uh, I'm going for the appointment of Kike Sanchez Flores uh, and the whole sort of influx of of Premier League quality into Watford FC. Uh, why is that so important? <laughs> <laughs> do I need to ask that? <laughs> oh, do I have to? Um, I, I suppose I sort of talked about it briefly uh, earlier. Um, we touched on it earlier when uh, talking about the difference in the, the sort of Chelsea, we went from Chelsea game one to Chelsea game two in 2015. Um, obviously, it's, it, we cannot say where we would be if Slav was still here, um, but it was quite a, a contentious decision and a difficult decision to make. Um, and the outside view, I had people of, of other fans of other football clubs come to me. Oh, you, you, you managed to get promoted and you sacked him. What's going on? Well, no, not really. Dents on new contract, blah, blah, blah. But we knew that that was kind of manufactured anyway, don't we? Let's be honest. Um, but Kike has bought a, another level of experience. Uh, I think we've seen he's got a, a tactical nous about him that he can make decisions during games. We saw it today. We were struggling in the midfield. He's bought Barami on for Abdi to try and change things there. Um, and those players that he's bought in as well. Um, he's obviously got a bit more of a reputation. He's he's won the the Europa League whilst we were recording the first podcast, of course. Yeah. Um, so he's got that reputation there. So that will help attract players to the club. And then we've seen these big players come in, players like Sebastian Pruda with Champions League experience, Kapuwe who has played in the. Uh, Premier League, Barami has played in the Premier League and at yeah, top level in other European countries. These are proper Premier League players, not the likes of 
Mark Williams and Des Little and, <laughs> and, and that, those sort of players. You say those names in such disgust. Actually, uh, they were, it wasn't disgust. It was just it was. Uh, I, I don't know. They're not. They are definitely not of the level of of Kapu and Barami. And, and agreed. That's borne out when you watch the match of the day and you see the uh, you see the two managers come out. There's always a little aside. Oh, Kike Sanchez Flores knows him from there, or Kike Sanchez Flores has got history with Diego Costa from there. And this guy has been there and done it. And and that that's still sort of sinking in a little bit. So I think that's a really valid, really important point. Yeah, the, the biggest thing that he's done then for me, sort of tactically, um, was all these players we've had in is that change from where we started sort of playing a, a, a sort of 4-2-3-1 at the start of the season, going back to the 4-4-2 with Dini and Igalo forming more of a partnership up front has made a big difference. You don't even need to tell you why, we've all seen it. And it, they're just, again, sort of those, those defining moments, not scoring against Southampton and West Brom, for me, is possibly one as well. We could have we could have got a bit lucky in those games, or a bit more luck, and scored winners and won those games, as we've talked about before. If we'd have done that, we might have stuck with this four-two-three-one for a while, and we might not have been as productive in in future games. Um, whereas he made the decision to change quickly, and that tweet I showed you by Ladbrokes earlier today. Other betting companies are out there, people. Um, saying that Dini and Igalo have scored more goals this season together than Suarez and Messi have scored. It's fantastic, isn't it? Love it. Jordi, your moment for this uh, this calendar year that helped make it so great. Uh, Bolton Wanderers 3, Watford 4. Uh, I think it was, it was last season, obviously, to get promoted, you have to win a lot of games. And so there were a lot of moments we could have picked out. I think, I think that game, it was almost where... Because it, it was in February, there's still a long way to go. There's still teams, you know, to Jace's point, like Ipswich and Derby and Middlesbrough, etc., who who never who kind of fell short, were still very much rivals, along with the likes of Bournemouth and, and Norwich. But that was a game where we were away, we'd been winning, we'd gone down, we'd kind of pulled it back to three, you know, we got back to three all. We didn't, um, we didn't settle for it. We went for it, and 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 Slav, who had kind of developed this kind of icy kind of Dolph Lundgren in, in the Rocky franchise uh, kind of persona we, he let his emotions go in that last minute and we saw that everyone was like we weren't going to sit back and take points we were, we were going for promotion we weren't going for playoffs we were going for promotion and, 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 and nobody was going to stop us and I think a lot of the stuff that came after that helped and you know we were, we were promoted by three points and that game gave us two more that last goal and I think that was cards on the table time for yeah. Watford and, and Slav. He, there was the one time where he let his emotions show, and that's when everyone realised we can get behind this. We're we're behind you. Yeah. You're you're doing this for us, and we and that just felt like one of those special Watford family moments. You know, without wanting to sound too namby pamby about it, but it was. That was that's like right. I get it now. Yeah. This is this is on. And it was, yeah, it was almost like a shift. Where although the whole season up to that point had we'd seen that Watford were going for it, albeit chopping and changing managers, and we were doing well in the league, that was almost where everybody kind of went, "Oh, okay, that we've got it now, haven't we?" I get it. I get it. We're, 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 we've you know like, like when Mo Farah does his running, he, he keeps the pace with you. Then the last few hundred meters, he just starts sprinting, and another runners are looking around. Going, it was almost like we've 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 got us we've got an ace up our sleeves here. You know, we 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 believe. And we don't believe just because 
everybody wants to have confidence. We believe because we genuinely know we're good enough to do this. Because my moment is sort of, it, it had, again, that thing, that sort of the moment where that, that got us going for the rest of the season. It was the substitution of uh, Tommy Hoban came off and on came for his Watford debut, Ben Watson, where Watford were 2-0 down against Blackpool. And I, if I'm wrong... Correct me, but weren't we boo- didn't we get boos around the stadium as what went off against little old Blackpool? Yeah, it was, uh, it was looking pretty miserable. It was. And A, that substitution came on and it was like Slav made a change that changed the way that Watford were playing. Um, it was A, it was a player who, who had the experience and he was coming into Watford and we talked at the end of the season podcast uh, last season about how the Watford squad that we had last year was more uh, experienced and gritty and the, the right sort of makeup to get us that promotion that we got. The other bit though was the fact that it was the coming of age of Odin Igalo. It was the game where we knew he was there and he had scored goals and whatever but he scored four. Um, and it was the start of what is now a statistically brilliant game, a year of football for, for a striker. So that, that's what I'm going for. Mike, your moment? It's kind of pretty obvious, I'm afraid, but it was, yeah, Matty Vidra scoring away at Brighton. It was just all that pent up. It's just another real Watford game, that, wasn't it? We sort of managed to get control back with that early substitution. Another master stroke from, from Slavi changed it very, very early. I think it was about 20 minutes gone. Um, so we managed to sort of rest the initiative back after looking very shaky. Um, we got the goal, uh, but then towards the end of the game, we were just, it was like the Alamo. We, there was the, uh, the sand, uh, sand pit of God, which uh, sort of, the, basically, if it hadn't landed on that bit of sand, it probably would have gone in. So we were right up against it. And then we've seen it so many times before, old Spring Hill Jack, Matty Vidra, got latched onto the ball from... Uh, from from Troy Deeney and, and and did what we know he can do and, and slotted it home and just the noise in the away end just looking around just seeing the looks on everyone's faces it was just it, at that stage it wasn't relief that it usually is when you when you get the three points that was it was um, I don't know how to it was just uh, exultant everyone was just absolutely it, it, it was it wasn't at that we weren't promoted at that point no, but that, it was like it was literally there but at that, that point. Th- that's going on from, from Geordie talking about the Bolton game. That's like, we're not going anywhere. You cannot shake this Watford side off. And you knew at that moment, you knew that we were going to get promoted. You just knew it. And everyone sort of came out blinking into the into the Brighton, the Brighton sun thinking, could happen, couldn't it? And I reckon most people thought, you know, I think it will today because it just felt like that kind of day. And obviously we've got the hindsight now, but, you know, you had Brighton fans coming up to you, oh, it was looking good for you and you didn't dare really believe it. You're still looking at the scores. But to be honest, when that went in, it felt like we've done it. We have done it. This team has done it because teams that win get promoted win these sort of games. But they win these sort of games and then because of Geordie's game, because of the game I mentioned, we actually the belief that... Of course, we're going to win and get the result we need at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then, I don't want to talk about Sheffield Wednesday again. That's uh, obviously a massive letdown, but ultimately, it, it doesn't matter because that was the moment, and we all had it down there on the on the south coast, and, and everyone that was there will remember it. But even those that won't, that that night, you look at the you look at the the, um, the video of the players on the coach. You look at the videos from 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 within the various pubs when the final whistles went, um, and I was walking down. I was in Brighton, just got off the train back into Brighton when the final whistle went um, elsewhere across the country. And you just heard little isolated pockets of roars going up throughout the city, throughout the town, as people worked out that Watford had been promoted to the Premier League. And it was just, 
extraordinary. My entire, you know, three generations of my family were there. Um, uh, it was just we were all there. It was just it was, it was just magic, and um, it's somehow fitting that that Vidra did it as well. It's like a quite a nice Vidra goal. He, he finished it with you know that's the Vidra we know and love. Ice in his veins, popped it into the bottom corner, no problem, job done, and. Yeah, it's just you're talking about it now. I'm just like um, giddy. Yeah, giddy is the word, but it was just one of those magic, magic moments that you know you must never ever forget. From the rookery end, we moved inside. We were outside the uh, Escort Tavern. Now we're inside. It's a bit warmer. It's almost seven o'clock. It's quite dark in the winter and cold. Uh, here we. Oh, look at that, Mike. Look, there's Mike's uh, scab from his uh, celebration earlier. You really did get your shin, didn't you? You really got your shin. Yeah. You got to go for it. All in. The, you expect the team to do it. You've got to give it all in the. Uh, you've got to give it all in the stands as well. Uh, so we are at the end of. Uh, uh, go on. I have to say, Mike's lucky the ref didn't see it, or he would have got us a red car for kicking the uh, kicking the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave the referee alone, Jordy. Uh, no, so we are we are then. Referees, the hello and welcome to From the Rookin. Uh So we are we are end of the year. Let, let, let's do something we've done for the last couple of years. Uh, the end of uh, end of the, the the calendar year. Who was the best Watford player uh, across that year? Previous winners uh, in 2013, Akitchianya. In 2014, Daniel Tozier. Um, who is it this year? I think it, it, we, it's not worth a discussion if we say Troy Deeney. Yes, talisman, leader, goal scorer. He is Mr. Watford. He'd be part of the vote, but we don't need to discuss him. Igalo, statistically the best striker in the country, if not the world, this calendar year. Uh, he's scoring goals, he's causing hassle, and he's done it in the Championship and now the Premier League. But who, who else deserves to be part of our vote? Jason. I'm going to say Craig Cathcart. A calming influence in the, in the centre of defence we know that when he joined um, Blackpool fans were very sorry to see him go so we knew what we'd, we'd be getting a good championship centre back um, and we had that before the start of 2015 we had that throughout 2015 for the rest of that championship campaign he was solid he was calm he's, he's good on the ball a lot you get a lot of centre backs in the championship are there because they, they can compete with the units they're, they're big lads they just get their head on it like Martin Taylor used to do um, but Cathcart is calm on the ball and he's got a good touch and, and good distribution skills as well um, then came the summer and he thought okay he's one of those that probably wouldn't get his chance we signed Britos and Perudil and the expectation was they'd be the two starting with Britos I think was suspended was yeah. at the start so so Cathcart started and did well. He did a good enough job. And he's been ever-present, I think, ever since. He's been a, a consistent in the side. Um, perhaps injury to Prudel's helped that, so Bridges has had to come back in, but Prudel's now fit again. Cathcart's kept his place in the side. Uh, he's a player, you look at him, and what he's done so far, you think he wouldn't be Premiership standard, but he's not been faced by it. Granted... He has made one or two mistakes, and it feels quite difficult talking about this today after the Spurs game. And there have been a couple of others that have cost us, but he has not a problem to him. He hasn't let it phase him, and he's not worried that he's coming up against these world-class strikers that we see in the Premier League. So, Craig Cathcart, ladies and gentlemen. The other thing about Cathcart is that uh, Anthony Matthews posted a picture from the Chelsea game 
where it was obviously straight after when Barami had given away the uh, Barami, he's a bit of an animal, had given, had given away the, uh, the penalty and there was Cathcart, arm around him, making sure that he was, uh, you know, chin up son, which is so invaluable and so um, illustrative of what this team is all about. It is a team. It's not about letting, uh, and I did notice that after the Tottenham, uh, when he gave away the goal, uh, there wasn't anyone giving putting an arm around him, which I thought was a bit disappointing. But yeah, I think great shout from Jace. Cathcart's been been superb. Jason, um, Mike, who would you put forward for the Ballonorn? I think um, Mike Parkin has been absolutely <laughs> sensational. From the, I'm going to stick with a defensive uh, on a defensive uh, note, and Gomez, Heralio Gomez. I think he's been absolutely magnificent. There's probably a few raised eyebrows amongst Watford fans when when we signed him. And a lot of opposition supporters were laughing at us because they believe what they read in the papers. They believe what all the dopey Spurs fans say about him. And uh, yeah, people thought that we'd signed a dud. We've signed exactly the opposite. He's been absolutely magnificent throughout the championship season and so far in the Premier League. Obviously, there's been the, the clangor at Leicester, but you show me a keeper who doesn't make a mistake in a football season and I'll show you my bottom. But he has the most clean sheets in the Premier League, eight. He's been brilliant. He's been absolutely superb. He's he's agile. He's confident. Um, he's brave, as we've seen on more than one occasion. Um, he's um, enthusiastic. To you know, he goes absolutely bananas when Watford score, which as my uh, right knee, which is my my right shin, which is now shorn of all its skin, will will testify. We want to see good celebrations when a goal goes in. Uh, he is, and like I was saying earlier about buying into Watford and about being part of it and playing for that that badge he does that he's on board and he's been brilliant he's been magnificent and most people say oh Gomez you know we him with a chance and put him under pressure bugger that he's gonna he's just keep it out he's gonna whatever you can throw it he, he will repel it he's been superb so Cathcart Gomez to add to the mix Geordie who are you gonna add to the the uh, possible winners of the Ballon d'Or uh, General Ben Watson <laughs> uh, I think a lot of the Pozzo signings, we haven't known who they were before they joined us, didn't know much about them. Ben Watson is someone we're all familiar with from the Premier League and I don't think there were many Watford fans really punching the air thinking, yes, you know, statement of intent, we've got Ben Watson. But like we spoke about his debut, came on at 2-0 down and you bring on a, when you're 2-0 down to a team you hope to be beaten, bring on a defensive midfielders. But, but we won 7-2 and I mean to have a seven goal swing in 45 minutes, set the standard. And I think, um, you know, Jason mentioned Cathcart and from the outside it looks like it is all about the Dini Nigalo show. But it's, when you see Watford you see more stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And Watson's been impeccable. He came in, he kind of established himself, we had a fantastic run in the second half of uh, the season. He saw us over the line. There were talks of Stambouli coming, you know, we got Kapu, Berami came in, Watson was kind of on the sideline. That was, thanks Ben, kind of m managed you out almost. Barami lunged in, got himself suspended, Watson's come in again, and he, he's been impeccable. Uh, and, and he's been a big part of what we do, and you don't see it, but as well as Kapu does in midfield, passing it around, it's because he's got that insurance. Uh, and Watson is the kind of player who doesn't want the glory, doesn't want to be doing the stepovers, and he keeps it simple. When we uh, saw the game at Stoke, he was fantastic in a game that we won 2-0 away against a hard team. Uh, and he, he just does all the all the stuff you need him to do and doesn't and doesn't shine and shine a light on himself and I think I think he deserves credit for that 
So here we go. We added Gallo, Dini, Cathcart, Gomez, Watson. We're a democratic society uh, and we are a democratic podcast. So who are you going to choose as your winner of the Ballon d'Or in 2015? Jordi. Uh, Odin <laughs> Mike. Troy Dini. Jason. Best goal scorer in the country in 2015, Odin I'm going for Igalo as well. But really well put together arguments for it. Well done. But the winner is Odeon Igalo. Igalo, oh, always believe in your soul. You got the power to know you're indestructible. Always believe in Igalo. Oh. You're listening to From the Rookery End. We are halfway through the season we have played every team once and we've got to go and play them all over again uh, next couple of games we could technically start seeing a Watford team developing and changing because the transfer window is opening well what are we going to get in what, what do we need to get in first of all Mike we, 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 we've seen the, the rumours and the possibilities of a Turbe coming in from, from Roma that was quite interesting that Watford said nah we're out yeah, that seems to be the uh, the case. He had talks and, and Watford decided against it. And I think that's really, really encouraging. I think it's also a sign that Watford's business will probably be done fairly privately. That one came out, I guess, because he was looking for a move and his agent probably spoke about it and so on and so forth. But we probably won't know too much about the deals until they actually happen, I'd, I reckon. But, yeah, really pleasing that... Um, if someone is making those sort of demands, I don't know whether it'll be as cut and cut and dry as saying I need to play in the first team or I'm not coming. Um, but obviously there was something that didn't didn't sit quite right. You know, we've we've seen with uh, with Matty Vidra that this this club will not accept talent without commitment and without application. Um, and they obviously felt that um, that that was the case with this one. What should be fascinating about this is he's gone. If he goes to Bournemouth, we'll be able to see firsthand whether it is the right right choice or not. So. I, as we stand here, I'm absolutely fully behind the decision. If they don't think he's the right player, as far as I'm concerned, he's not the right player. But it will be interesting to see how he does. So why do we need to add, Jason? Because if you stand still in this division, you end up going backwards. I think you can look at you look at Leicester City and Crystal Palace as prime examples. We were playing them in the Championship playoffs a few seasons ago. They've got through, they've been successful, they got in the Premier League and they've pushed them and pushed them. They've, added, they've not made... Massive wholesale changes, which seems a bit weird given that we change 15 players in the summer, as Danny Murphy tells us a match of the day every week. But Palace, for example, they added uh, Kabai, they added quality to that side where they needed it in the summer. Leicester have made the odd change here and there, the likes of Ujoa, not massive players that make big differences, but make that slight bit of difference, that little bit of extra quality without disrupting sort of the team momentum. Because that's what we've got. We have got momentum, but it's silly to think that we can continue that momentum with, a, with the same set of players. Just adding one or two players into the mix could make the difference between us sort of just staying where we are now, sort of as a, a mid-table Premier League side, and slipping back and getting sucked into a relegation battle. I was interested. I look at the last two games of the season yesterday and notice we've got a play in the last four games. Sunderland's the last game, Liverpool, Villa and Norwich. And they can easily be struggling at that point and, our last, and they're, they're proper fighting and we could easily be sucked back in maybe but if we make some changes we, we might not be uh, or not uh, changes additions where we might not be uh, Geordie where do you want to add 
think there's probably a few positions we need to add. Um, I think a, a wide player would be something new. Uh, and then I think we need a little bit of a cover. So obviously we we spoke about Troy and Odion. If anything happens to either of them, we need someone who can step into that, and that's a hell of an act to follow. Uh, and then there's players who haven't settled too well, or haven't settled as quickly as we hoped. So Holobas kind of got a little bit of a chance against Chelsea, did well. Maybe um, Aki's sending off. We'll give him another chance, but we'll see what happens with him. Uh, but Aki's not our player, so maybe we might be looking to the future and saying, well, let's bring in uh, a left-sided defender who's ours for the future if we're not going to get Aki permanently. Um, the the, uh, the Berghouses, um, Ulares, maybe they're going to get a chance to go out uh, and therefore free up some spaces in the squad for us to bring in players we hadn't thought about. I think Ibarbo hasn't, hasn't done it yet. And I think Iturbe potentially coming in would have been uh, a replacement for him. So I, th I, think, I think we need, we brought in Luke Simpson, the goalie. So we're kind of covered as a third place goalie. I think we maybe need a little bit of cover at left back, maybe even at right back if Predis goes, because he's been in, but almost by default, uh, rather than because he's been wanted. He's been, um, Flores has played in Moore's midfielder a lot of times. Um, so I think, uh, I think some width, some pace, just to give us a, 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 a different option, because obviously the squad was put together to play 4-2-3-1, and now we're playing 4-4-2. How do, you, how do you play 4-4-2 with a bit of a change? So I, th I think we need a, a, a decent striker, uh, a one or two wingers who are ready to go, a little bit of cover in defence. And then if there's something awesome there or thereabouts, then we'll take that as well. Do you know what I think we might see? And everyone says, oh, he's like a new signing and it's an existing player, starts playing well. I think with Gerardo, we're like a hair's breadth away from seeing someone really, really special. He's, he's so talented, he's so composed. He's incredibly skillful on the ball. He's not quite there yet, but he's one of those players you feel like if there's going to be a, if a, uh, there's like a little switch can go off, and he'll be something else. He feels like just he's on the cusp of being an incredible player. Uh, he's not quite there yet, but but I think we could see him. He's getting better with each game, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I think in the new year we might see him flourish. Flores has a lot of belief in him, evidently, because he's 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 playing week in week out. And I think he's looking better, and I think he could be some player for, for the new year. So it's going to be a different team as it going, but we've got games, uh, we've got the Man City game coming up. Uh, hopefully this, this injustice that was, uh, was today's game might really fire us, and you never know what could happen. Jason might get his five points, maybe even more, Jason, uh, with your prediction over these four nightmare games. Uh, then we've got... Uh, we've got uh, Jason uh, wasn't looking confident there, I have to say. <laughs> then we've got uh, Newcastle in the Cup, we've got Southampton, Swansea, and then Newcastle again. Uh, it's almost like being about 1987, isn't it? We played Newcastle four times in about yeah, two days. Um, going into those games, let's not let's do predictions, but going into those games, how are we feeling about the next month of football? What what is Watford going to be like, Mike? We still we still need to work hard. We can't be uh, we can't be we can't think that we've done the job because we haven't. It's really really difficult job ahead of us. We've got really hard games that we need to still need to get points to stay in the division. And that, it's been great being seventh in the league and it's great sort of half joking about getting, well, joking completely about getting into Europe and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, we're, and we're quite within our rights to enjoy it. But, there, you know, we could still get sucked back down. You start, you lose a couple in a row and things start looking a bit dodgy and there's, and there's um, you know, confidence issues start to creep in. So we have still got a massive job to do. The great thing is, there's no indication that we're not capable of doing that job. And we should be confident that we will 
carrot start in the new year as, we, as we've been for most of 2015. We just need to keep on doing what we're doing, have faith, belief, uh, the players need to keep going, working hard, working hard. Jordy mentioned earlier the atmosphere is a little bit flat today, um, so supporters, yes enjoy it, don't get, don't get so relaxed that you're sort of not making noise and making a din. We, we showed it for the sort of second half against Tottenham today. We're making a right old racket again, and I think the players respond to it. So don't get too comfortable, I think, but just no reason not to be confident. No, I'm not, Jason. I'm not making. I don't. I'm not calling any of those games must wins, are they? They're no, there are none that are must, are they? No, because uh, because of the hard work that the team have done to get to where they are now, none of those games are going to be must wins. Um, but like Mike says, we can't relax too much. They still got to work as hard as they've done up to this point and put in the performances so that they can they can get into uh, get the points that they need to keep the momentum going. Jordy, we are 29 points. Uh, I've got 40 in my head uh, for, for saving. Can we get 11 points uh, this month? Uh, this month, I think 11 points. How many games have we got? Four. Yeah. Can we get 11 points out of four games? Get 12. You get 12, you can't get 11. <laughs> You're a teacher. You're a teacher. I'm looking out. I'm looking for the pitfalls. Um, we could. I think what the, this, having gone through the kind of the early December games we should be winning, Christmas games we should be losing, we're now, we're now being January. And I think what's interesting is the likes of Swansea and Southampton will be looking at us differently to how they would have been anticipating the way they'd look at us. So now they'll be looking at us thinking, oh, this lot could come and do us over because we're away for two games. And we've seen Southampton beat Arsenal at their place, but we'll be a different proposition for them. And I think, I think in the last two games we've been we've, we've been behind to Spurs and Chelsea, and we've come back and drawn level. Could have won both of them, didn't win either of them. But it shows that there's a heart in the squad, and we're not get a goal against us and we capitulate. So I think I think it's going to be interesting. I don't think we'll get 11 points or 12 points, um, but I think we can certainly build towards that towards that magical 40 point mark. So we're at the end of 2015. Here's my big question for you. Where are we going to be at the end of 2016? Mike. Barcelona away. Jason. Seventh in the Premier League. <laughs> and Jordy. Seventh in the Premier League, about to play Barcelona away. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fun year to be a Watford fan, and we will see uh, where we end up in another year's time. Thank you very much for listening to From the Rick End. Do tell your friends and make sure you subscribe. Via iTunes. You own.